Well, it's great to be with everyone. For those who don't know who I am, my name is Kyle Lounsbury, and I help lead the campus ministry. Campus, where you at? There they are. Um, and I have the pleasure this morning to be able to share um, some of my thoughts and be able to preach this morning on joy. Amen. Hasn't it been encouraging to be able to uh, go through Advent together and talking about hope and peace and now this week talk about joy? Who here's enjoyed it so far? Amen. Great. You know, it's really encouraging, I think, to be able to, to take the time to, to remember and also look forward to the second coming of Jesus, right? The, this idea of the birth of Jesus, how he came once, and how we're waiting for him to come again. It's really exciting. Um, and I don't know about you, but it can bring up some different feelings in your heart, or at least in my heart. And uh, I'm excited to be able to talk about joy today because I think this world needs a little bit more of it. Amen. And so, uh, what I want to do to start here this morning, I want everyone to close their eyes. All right, let's close our eyes. We're going to do a quick exercise. Close your eyes, and I want you to think about a time in your life. Could have been yesterday. Could have been this morning. Could have been 20 years ago. But a time in your life where you felt so much joy. All right. Keep your eyes closed. Let's think about that moment. Let's think about what led you to that moment. What made you feel joy? Let's think about maybe who was with us or the circumstances we were in. Maybe the certain smell. Maybe the weather. Let's think about the details for a moment. Think about the impact that that moment had on your life to this day. I want you to remember that, that simple feeling that brought so much joy to your life. Maybe it wasn't simple. Maybe it was complex. But it brought so much joy to your life. All right, well, let's open our eyes. Everybody have their moment? Yeah? Okay, I, I want to hear three of them. Three moments, quick, okay? Right here. The birth of my children. Mmm, birth of her children. I'm sure that brought a lot of joy. There you go. Man, she loves her kids. Amen. Let's hear another one. Wedding day, yes. The day you said I do. Right? That's good. Who else? One more. Let's get someone young. Not that, I mean, we, we love... We lo oh, okay. We'll do Eric. I wasn't calling out... I wasn't calling out the older, more mature people. I was actually calling out the young people. I want to hear Eric. Eric, come on. You're young. Eric's still young. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So when you finished junior high and university, where'd you go for university? Channel Islands. Channel Islands. All right. Nice. All right. Now I want to get a teen or a college student. That's what I meant. Okay. I didn't use the correct language. My apologies. Teen or college student? Savannah. Your baptism, right? The day you made Jesus your Lord. That's good. You know, it's good to remember these things, right? It's good to remember the times in our life where we experience joy, 
Right, well, that brought us tons of joy. I know for me, obviously, my baptism day was a big time in my life. The day I got married was a huge time of joy. But I want to share a short story here. I wanted to put a cool video up on the screen of one of my favorite NBA moments, and that's when Kobe Bryant hit a buzzer beater against the Phoenix Suns, 2006. One of my favorite, favorite moments. But I said, you know what? I got my own story to share. All right. When I was a freshman in, in high school, I played basketball. And uh, I think we were midway through the season, and I was on the freshman team as a freshman. So just figuring out how to figure out how to dribble the ball and play basketball and have fun with it. But I remember we were in this one really close game. I think it was like 46 to 46, and we were tied. And there was like three seconds left in the game, and we had to go full court to, to score the basket, or we go to overtime. So the good news was we weren't going to lose right away, but we were either going to win or we are going to go to overtime. And I remember the play was drawn up, and the play really didn't make sense. But So we go out, and we pass the ball in. And I, so I'm one of the taller ones on the team, so I'm naturally not going to be dribbling the ball up the court. So I was already down at the other side of the basket on our side. And one of my teammates dribbles the ball up, and he throws it to another teammate, and then he gets double teamed, and I'm wide open. He passes the ball over to me, and I have like a second to shoot the ball. One second, and I throw the ball up. It goes, bounces on the rim, hits the backboard, and goes in at the buzzer. And I remember the, the amount of joy that I felt in that moment. My whole team comes and tackles me, and I'm getting, they're screaming at me, going crazy. But just that short little moment brought so much joy in my life. I remember the next day at school, I thought I was like the coolest kid on campus. This was the freshman team, it wasn't varsity, so no one knew what happened. But I knew what happened, and we were fired up. All right. And I think for me, that was a moment that I can look back to where I felt a ton of joy, right? That was my, my only buzzer beater, and it was a fun one to remember. You know, today we're going to be talking about defiant joy, all right? A defiant joy. You know, biblical faith, which we all have here, it offers a unique perspective on joy. And the reason for that is because it's an attitude that God's people adopt, not necessarily because of a happy circumstance, but because of God's promises. Amen? In Psalm 105, verse 43, it says, He brought out His people with rejoicing, His chosen ones with shouts of joy. You know, joy in the wilderness was a defining moment for God's people. Their joy was not determined by their struggles, but by their future destiny that God had planned. Isaiah 51, verse 11 says, Those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. While under slavery of empires, they chose joy to define them. Right? And this was while they were waiting for a leader like Moses to come and finally lead them to where God had planned for their future redemption. Another scripture in Luke 2 says, Jesus brought good news of great joy to people during dark times. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Jesus is the one that brings everlasting joy. Good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The birth of Jesus is what brings all of us the opportunity 
to have joy, everlasting joy, amen? And that's why today we're going to be talking about this idea of a defiant joy. You know, this past year, or actually year and a half now, for many of us, I would actually say maybe for all of us, at some point there were some difficulties. Can we, can we acknowledge that? Can we admit that? The past year, whether it was 2020, 2021, there's been some difficulties, right? Hardships, maybe some dark nights, difficult times. Maybe for some of us it was a, a loss of a loved one or a sad diagnosis of someone's health. Maybe we were hurt by our world and the current place where our country was. Maybe it was our own friends and family had hurt us or there was difficulties in the home. I don't know what it was for you, but I think we can always all admit here that the world is filled with darkness. And it's a darkness that at times can distinguish or extinguish our joy as Christians, only if we let it. But Christ, he specializes in bringing joy in dark times. Amen. And so today, we're going to look at a few scriptures here that's going to sort of open up this idea of a defiant joy, a choice to choose a decision to choose joy in our lives. You know, I think the biggest thing that we can mistake joy for is happiness. That it's a feeling, right? That joy, oh, I just feel joyful, right? I asked everyone in the beginning to think of a time where you felt joy, right? And we can all think of that moment where we felt just this overflow of joy, this, oh my gosh, it was amazing, I loved it, it was the best. But what Christ says and what Christ brings is an everlasting joy because it's not necessarily just a feeling, but it's a decision and a choice to change us. Amen? So today, we're going to be looking in Luke 1, where Mary sings a song, okay? Turn with me to Luke 1. And to appreciate the song, we've got to understand where Mary is at, okay? We've got to look at her situation. All right? We all know Mary. Uh, found herself pregnant as a teenager, okay? And if you don't know that, that's what happened. She, was found, she found herself pregnant as a teenager. So that's not really a good look in ancient times, but even in today's time, right, that's still looked down upon. Mary says, God got me pregnant. That ain't going to work, Mary. Come on, right? This idea that she's saying, God got me pregnant, that's not going to work. People aren't going to believe her. So she's in a tough spot. Not only did that situation happen to her, but she was poor. She grew up oppressed. And the nation of Israel at that time was under the oppression of the Roman Empire. All right? So not a lot is going for her at this time. And in the midst of her oppression, God chose her to birth Jesus. Okay? Even in the difficult circumstance she was in, she was chosen by God. And so we're going to pick up here in Luke 1, 46, with keeping that in mind of how Mary, sh technically this world says, should she feel, but we're going to see her response and how she is actually feeling. Luke 1, verse 46. It says, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. 
His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to genera- generation. Excuse me. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So we see here Mary has a defiant joy in the midst of amazing, difficult trials and obstacles. We see her spirit. We see the the way she's feeling. She says, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Any of us in here ever been in a really difficult spot and we're rejoicing? Maybe you just get in a car accident and, oh man, you got to deal with that. You just rejoice. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Are you rejoicing? No. That's difficult. Why is she rejoicing? Let's figure that out this morning, okay? I want to share two points today that I think will help us understand the joy Mary experienced in her life because of Jesus. Amen. And the first one is a defiant joy that defies our past. A defiant joy that defies our past. Ephesians 2 verse 4 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. I love that phrase. Even when we were dead in our transgressions. All of us here at some point were dead in our transgressions. Our sin, our past, the ugliness of our past. Jesus, his love and his grace is what saves us. You know, we've all had difficult things happen to us. We're broken people. We're hurt people. We've been through many things. Even the young, youngest to the oldest have been through difficulties. And the world will tell us that because of those things, you can't have joy. Because of your hurt, because of your pain, you don't get to experience joy. But God changes that and gives us the opportunity to experience joy with Him. Amen? So I want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to ask yourselves this. But what does God do with our past? I want you to think about that. What does God do with our past? Well, I can tell you what He does. According to the Scripture, He offers us grace that defies our past. Isn't that amazing? His grace defies our past. You know, when the angels arrived at the birth of Jesus, they said, This is good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And by the grace of God, all of us here can be joyful despite our past. Despite maybe something you're ashamed of. Despite a difficulty that you've struggled to overcome. Because of Jesus, you get to experience joy. Not just a feeling, but a true decision to experience joy. That's defiant joy. And you know, we don't have to be defined by our past, church. That's the special thing of Jesus. 
We were once dead in our transgressions, but His grace has now saved us. That means our past is not what defines us any longer. And I'll tell you what, if our past did define us, this would be a really ugly room. Because I'm in this room. Right? We can't allow this world to say our past is what defines us. And that's what they're preaching every day on social media, on the TV. And I'm sure you're asking, what do you mean? How, how, is, how is it? Well, let's think about it. What does this world tell us we have to be? We have to be perfect. We have to look good. We have to have the right situation, the right wife, the right family, the right kids. This, this, this perfect picture, right? And it doesn't exist, right? The idea here is that with Christ, we are made perfect. We're made new. And that should bring joy in and of itself. Amen? The joy to be able to know that it doesn't matter what happened in our past. We're made new because of Christ. And that should bring joy. So it's a defiant joy that defies our past. Amen? The second one is a defiant joy that defies the darkness of your present pain. A defiant joy that defies the darkness of your present pain. You know, there's present pain in many of us. Right? Many of us have present pain that we're dealing with, we're going through. And these are hard things that, you know, we are, we're currently experiencing. Maybe, it, like, like we said earlier, maybe it's health issues. Maybe it's you're struggling with your mental health. Maybe there's some tension between someone in this room. Maybe there's tension between you and your family. Whatever it is, there's some present pain we're dealing with. I want to let you know this morning, God recognizes that. He sees that. He recognizes the tension, and He's here to help. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 10, it says, Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Let's be real. It's unreasonable to be joyful always in every circumstance. Unless, hold on, unless you know that the Lord is near you. And that's the difference between defiant joy and the feeling joy. That's the difference right there is that we know we have a hope, right? We talked about the first week. We get a peace. These things lead to a joy that we get because we know that God is near us, that Jesus has saved us. That's special. But I think we can forget that and we allow ourselves to be like, I can't always be joyful. I got horrible things in my life. What do I have to be joyful for? We can get negative. We can get critical. We can get upset. I know I can. And I start doubting. Start doubting. God, are you really there? Are you really? How am I supposed to be joyful in this circumstance? How am I supposed to be joyful when I'm stressed out of my mind and I got this, this, and that I'm dealing with? I gotta remember, wow, the Lord is near. I love that. The Lord is near. 
I want you to ask yourselves this question. What does it look like to be defiantly joyful? What does it look like for you to be defiantly joyful? Write it down right now. What does it look like for you? Next slide. To be defiantly joyful. Maybe it's to acknowledge your pain, but still choose to be joyful. Anyone think of that? Maybe it's to acknowledge the things that you don't like, the things that are causing you to struggle, and saying, you know what? Yeah, that's happening, and it's tough. But the Lord is near, therefore I'm going to choose to be joyful because of Him. You know, in Luke 1, 54 to 55, let's read that again. It says, He has helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as He promised our ancestors. Mary held on to this covenant, this promise from God, which points to a future child, Jesus, that she had been selected to give birth to. And in the toughest of circumstances that she could have been in, she chose joy. So I don't know where you're at in your life today, what's going on, what circumstances you're going through, I want to ask you, are you going to choose joy? Are you going to choose joy? The world gives us several things to choose other than joy. I know for me, I can choose anger. I can choose bitterness. And in my anger, it leads me to a place just where I won't find any joy. Because it's my sin. But ask yourself, are you going to actively choose to be joyful despite the circumstance, despite your present pain, despite whatever you're going through? Church, we get to know that God is near us. You know what that brings? That brings a hope for eternity that this world desperately needs. So I want to encourage you this morning to remember that when we choose joy, we choose eternity with Christ. In Hebrews 12, 2, as we close out here, it says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus looked beyond his present pain because of a future promise, church. He looked at that cross, and he chose joy. He chose to be content with Christ. And he looked beyond what he was going for, going through in that moment. And he said, you know what? The best is yet to come. The future is ahead. There's a future promise that God has. And that's because Jesus had a defiant joy. So I want to call us this morning and encourage us to choose to have a defiant joy in our lives despite our circumstances and despite the present pain we're going through. Amen? And so as we take communion together this morning, I want us to remember that Jesus was in one of the most difficult circumstances when he was going to the cross, and yet he still chose joy. Let's pray. Father God, good morning. Thank you for this time to be able to think about the joy 
that we receive when we choose to follow you, when we choose to understand that you're near us. And God, I pray that as we take the communion this morning, that we remember your son Jesus, the birth of him, the life he lived, his death and resurrection, and now as we wait for the second coming. That no matter what circumstance we're in, no matter what difficulty we're going through, that we'll choose joy because we know Jesus is near us. We know the Lord is near us. We know that there's a hope for eternity. And that brings us joy. Lord, I pray that you allow all of us in here this morning, despite what we're going through, to be open about it, to acknowledge it, to acknowledge the pain in our lives, and still choose joy. Still choose to live our lives for you and receive the joy that we know you give us. We love you. Pray for all these things. In your son's name. Amen.